Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Listeners, welcome to part two of our episode with Tom Allen, who is the very funny stand-up comedian. He's the host of Bake Off and he's written a really funny book called No Shame, which is all about his experiences of growing up as a queer kid, really. He's such a funny, radically honest, brilliant person. I'm so looking forward to you hearing the second part. So here it is. You spoke in the book about something I so massively related to that I was just like, and and I know that a lot of people listening will, about the sort of body horror of having to get changed swimming. Oh my God. Yeah. And um, as a small child, I wouldn't let anybody see me naked, um, which was kind of peculiar, really, it felt. But then I've learned since that there's lots of children like that, that felt the same. Why do you think that was? I think it was a sense of not being comfortable with the world but not knowing how to express that. And so it came back on me. Mm-hmm. And and then I felt just ashamed of being, of, of my physicality, I suppose. And I'd have these elaborate rituals of getting changed with a towel that took forever. And I'd always be like, oh, come on, for goodness sake, no one's looking at you. It's like, I don't, it's not that I think, oh, especially, as he thinks he's got a special one, we can't see it. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Yes. Um, all of that stuff. Did But did you relate to that then? I really did. And I think that in... In retrospect, I think that everyone's experience is their own. But I think what was going on for me with that, because I absolutely did not want to be seen naked. I also didn't want to be naked on my own, which I think was the weirdest thing. Oh, right, yeah. Is that I had, and I remember you saying that as well in the book, that I think I had on a very low level sort of body horror that I was a boy and I knew that and I was okay with my gender but my gender did not tally up to what everyone was telling me my gender was. And actually, at a young age, that is, a lot of it is quite physical. Or the bit that was betraying me was the physical. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd never heard that expressed like that. And so I didn't like it. I didn't know it. I felt like I often have spoken about feeling like from the neck down, I didn't even relate to my body I didn't know it was there I couldn't feel it in the weirdest possible sense but because this thing was not it was letting me down in some way because it wasn't matching the ideas that I was being told of what a boy should be and how a boy should be I why yeah I wonder if that is a big part of it but I think it's quite common it's yeah I think it is um yeah it does happen a lot like I say I think several people have said to me about how as children they were the same and for me I had this constant fear 
during primary school because I'd heard these horror stories about when you get to secondary school, you have to shower uh, after PE. And I hated PE anyway, but I knew I had to do it. Um, God, yeah, awful. And I'd have, to, I'd have, and I'd have to shower after. When I got to secondary school, they said you do have to shower, but you can wear your swimming trunks. And I was like, and then no one ever did shower anyway. But you know that sort of like, <laughs> like in the film Cares and all of that, where that horrible teacher it makes <laughs> makes them have cold showers and all that. And I just found it so horrifying. There, there were later points when I was like, I don't want to do swimming because I seem to be very. I could really you know give the game away here <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> and i've been working very hard to not do that so i would recite um my my piano scales in my head to try and distract myself from becoming uh overexcited about the other boys in my year um wow which was so weird going through like a a g major contrary motion to distract from fancying Someone in your well, class. also, you know, this is what's, you know, part of the queer experience is like everyone else here is fucking swimming. Yeah. And I'm having an absolute, you know, this is turning me on or whatever. You know, it's like this is in a completely different lane for me than other people. And I, I think now there is the language for that for kids. Yeah, I feel like there is the language for that. But also imagine if there was a swimming lane at the swimming at the swimming pool. <laughs> what for people? Fast, who... slow. And attracted, <laughs> attracted to other people. Having in a this difficult class. time. Yeah, having a difficult time. <laughs> that would be. I think that would be great. Actually, I was always putting the difficult time end. That the bit that couldn't swim. Oh, you can't. You couldn't swim. Well, I wasn't very good. I don't think. I've always been. I've always. One thing I will say. I've always felt like a confident swimmer. But what I wasn't confident about was getting out of the swimming pool. And there weren't. There weren't steps for everybody. So you had to like clamber <laughs> out from a from a position of not having your feet on the floor of the pool. And so camera out like one knee up on the handrail um, whilst the other one sort of tried to get up on the handrail where the first one tried to get up onto the actual side of the pool all the time, like your cheek trying to grip the actual floor of the swimming pool and your hand just reaching onto some distant drain all at the same time while trying not to get some spontaneous boner. And it really was the most ungainly thing. You think, goodness me. Well, because you sort of had to look athletic getting out of the pool, didn't you? It's like, how did all the other people learn how to do that? I don't know. Just we just I don't know. I feel like I I similarly just I didn't get the software update to be able to do stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, one thing I wanted to ask you about was you were talking about you talk about love a lot in the book. You said something about you feeling like there's an extra pressure to be in love. Yeah, because I think the stories we're told, and this I think is 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 is, is across the board for for everybody. It's like, well, find a partner, fall in love, then you'll be then everything will be fine, then it'll be fine. Um, yeah. And in truth, well, I, I, I openly say I have struggled to find I've, I've struggled to to have to have a relationship like that for whatever reason. And um, mainly that I talk too much. But the um, <laughs> I uh, that but I think it's a very simplistic narrative of life. And actually, yeah. it isn't everything. And, you know, people people need different things at different points in their life or, you know, and, and, and why do we have to conform to this kind of quite heteronormative sense of love? And I find that kind of a little bit annoying if I'm honest. Yeah. Because also I think there is a thing in LGBTness that um, is about, it's about a happy ending. It's like, so they've said that. Oh, I see. (laughs) So they've said this thing. They said they are this thing, but it's okay. They've got, they've got someone. So yeah. yeah, it's all safe and sound again. All all is restored, and actually, you can 
be you don't have to love anyone you don't have to be with anyone if you don't want to be well exactly exactly there's there can be quite a heteronormative idea of having to be in love and you don't feel well i'm not gonna put words in your mouth how do you feel about that do you need to get something out of the tumble dryer fucking dishwasher they are so they're very needy actually you know when you're like i you've said it once i understand i'm i will be there oh yeah my mum's one plays like the some sort of like russian anthem it's very like you, you feel like you should all stand up and be singing something. But um, just because just suddenly your smalls are done. But um, I do think that uh, the the um, yeah, there is a pressure in lots of ways to be like you're not complete until you're in a relationship. And um, mm. and I sort of well, I always had the line on stage of particularly around the stuff to do with marriage equality, which of course I do believe in. But there would always be this thing of like, we want equality. And I'd be like, why do we want to be equal when we could be better? And I do mm. think like, actually, um, of course, of course it is important that we a- achieve um, marriage equality. I get that. Please don't phone in. But um, the thing is that um, I, I, I think that, uh, that there's something quite nice about being you know, our own version of that. And I, I kind of like that, I guess, because I had to like it for most of my life mm-hmm. where there wasn't equality. And so you go, well, actually, I'll make what I've got better. Like I say. The, well, equality is choice to do any of the above. Yes, it? exactly. Yeah. And I always feel like I'm being kind of scandalous when I say that. So maybe I will outrage people. But I, I just sort of think, uh, I think, I think, our, I think mar- marriage equality is important, but I think it's nice that we can do it on our, own terms we don't have to conform to what straight people have had to do for centuries yeah it's not like that because that's becoming a safer version of what you are in 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 the heterosexual eyes i suppose heteronormative eyes yeah yeah and sometimes you know you see people say i think it probably is unfair for me to say because i'm not in a relationship but i've never been in one that's why i'm saying it but when you see people go people should be free to love whoever they choose and that is true but like but it's not just about love. It's also about like fancying someone and being extravagant and exuberant and feeling different and enjoying that and embracing that. And that mm. I feel is very much part of our experience and, and should be celebrated and enjoyed. Um, and, and we shouldn't forget that. I suppose that's what I mean. You said something about in the book about you find or have found yourself being drawn to people who are unattainable because that means you don't have to go through with it. Do you still think that that's real? Yeah, I think to an extent mm. there's a certain comfort, which I suppose we learn. Well, I learned, you know, there was no way to have a relationship as a teenager for me. I suppose actually the idea of repeating the pattern of falling for people who aren't attainable has a certain comfort about it because it's familiar. And... uh and that's horrible, really, and, and something that I'm working on. But um, that kind of sense of, yeah, if you, if you, if you go for unattainable people, it, it'll be safer. So I'm reminded of Nikki Haslam, who came on this podcast many moons ago. And, and he said, I think, he, you know, this was his opinion. He said, I think that sex and spoils it. I want to just behold someone. I want to look at them. I want to be around them, but I don't want to have sex with them. And that's me. And that's my version, which is, you know, that's his, his choice. And is it, is it that for you? Is it that I don't want to do that? Or you just don't feel that you can? A bit of, bit of column A, a bit of column B, I suppose, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose, yeah. Well, I mean, 
do you, well, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be this, I wouldn't perhaps want what you described that Nikki Haslam said, but I think there is something, it's the emotional stuff that's the, for me, is the frightening stuff. You know, it's the mm. kind of sense of being uh, in love with somebody is, is very frightening because it can prove, you know, if it doesn't work out, it can be very hurtful. So, yeah, but, and I think that you're talking about what is, we're lucky to be living in 2020, that you're talking about one of the many facets of what love and being a person or who can, being a person actually, just being a person can be and they're all valid and everybody's yes. on their own little, everyone's on their own little journey. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, I suppose it in some ways feels quite new for a lot of society, the idea of even being able to explore that and discuss that. But I think fundamentally human beings have always kind of trodden their own path and done their own thing. I think it's just uh, about embracing that. Yeah, and love is really scary. And I think, it, you know, even being in love, being, I, you know, the one thing I think people don't talk about is that being in a relationship is, is I think sometimes people portray, and you can be complicit in this, portray relationships as places where the communication is great and it's all hunky-dory and you really like each other and you know each other's, ticks and you know exactly how each other works sexually and how their mind works and what they're attracted to that's rubbish you know it's actually it can be as opaque as it can without uh being in a relationship with someone and i think that it is an in intensely complicated and scary thing oh, falling really? in love and being yeah. loved absolutely you can get by particularly as a queer person i think you can get by on certain versions of love and versions of relationships so intimacy you know you can you can have long-term relationships when in fact you were never it, it was never intimate because to inter to be intimate is to expose yourself and you don't want to do that and you've been taught you shouldn't you know mm. so I, I think that being in love or, or being in a relationship doesn't mean you solve that problem at all in some ways you've actually found yourself in some times you've found yourself a band-aid that looks like it on the, from the outside but isn't it in truth you know oh how interesting i'd never um i'd never thought of it like that yeah i think uh there is a simplicity in the way that relationships and love is portrayed um that doesn't include any of that kind of complexity um and i think totally. and i think that uh you know the grass is always greener or whatever but the, yeah i think there's a sense i've always felt of Oh, well, you know, everything will be fine if I was in a relationship. But at the same time, I, I suppose as well, I sort of use it as a stick to beat myself with of kind of, um, of going, yeah, but other people at least put themselves in a position where they've got the choice, you know, so all <laughs> that comes out. So never happy. That's what I'm saying. I'm never happy. Yeah. But, you know, like, fuck, who is, you know, it, it, but I think what you can do and what you do do is with your stand-up, with your book, with the way you talk to people, is you can just be really, really radically honest about where you're at and have no shame about that and say, this is how I feel, I'm sorry. Well, I think that's, I, I hope that's what comes across from the book. And I did try very hard to embrace that throughout it. But, um, and what I realised is in terms of being a stand-up, say, I think I was... I, I learned to be good when I learned to actually take the things I felt ashamed of or I felt self-conscious about and flip them and go, 
actually, here it is. It's right here. I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to show it to you. Yeah. And I think that that comes down to, and I know uh, our time together has been sort of focused on um, talking about things through the, the, the lens of um, being a queer person. But but at the same time, I think also class factors into that. And I would say that that's been a um, sort of intergenerationally as well. You, you know, my, and, and I think that even going back as far as grandparents and, and beyond, those feelings of not being enough and not being quite, you know, having to put on a show and having to hide parts of yourself and change parts of yourself uh, have had a bearing on me. It's it's paid forward through the generations, um, in my opinion. And I think that's, again, another really complex issue that it would be interesting, I think, societally to explore that, that impact. And I think there's still a lot to be said about that. You, you mentioned money in the book and shame around money. And I think that is weirdly the one of the last bastions that people will not talk about and yeah. will not, you know, there's so much, you know, Martin Lewis, the sort of money expert guy talks a bit about it. And it's just fascinating the secrecy and shame around money and money up against a consumer society where we're all supposed to look like we have a ton of stuff. And we yeah. want more and can get more, oh, yeah. can get more. Yeah. And it feels like, the, the, uh, yeah, you know, and the, st- the conversations I've had, massive conversations I've had with my own family when there's been pinch points about money have been the most cataclysmic in some ways, you know, to talk about stuff that just doesn't get spoken about, you know. And it's it's sort of something that sometimes, you know, people have very little control over. Uh, no, I'd say most of the time, actually, you know, kind of. And yet we're taught we have to be ashamed about it and. It's horrifying, really, um, that we're that that people aren't allowed to express the vulnerabilities they feel surrounding money. And I know that was something that my parents both had experience of, and I dare say it's been passed on to me as well. The, the consciousness of of not, you know, because it's very, you know, when people say like it's important to fail, learn to fail. It's like <laughs> it's fine to fail if you've got loads of money, of course. Yeah. Set up a business, yes. sit, watch it go down the swan. The, is it the Swanee? Is that what people's name? Up the, up the Swanee, down the drain. Down the drain. Down the drain. drain. Don't know um, why I said Wazoo. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, fine, fail then. But if you have, you know, every, you know, if, you, if you're trying to build yourself up and, and trying to do the best you can, you're not going to throw it away on, mm. on a whim or on a, you know, it makes dreaming so much harder. And I think that, you know what I mean? That's how it impacts different aspects of life. And, and I realise I say this with my posh voice but I assure you I'm not from a posh background it is um well to fail is a privileged option I think so and you are reminding me of one last thing I want to say to you oh no is no there is a beautiful saying that I have pinned on my pin board at home which is to remind me when I'm doing new things that I'm frightened of which is the easily shamed will not learn and through your book and the beautiful words you put together you are a constant reminder of that, that you have oh. put yourself out there with your writing, with your stand-up, saying you are who you are. And um, it's, an, it's an amazing lesson to learn from. Oh, well, that is a very, very uh, lovely thing to say. And I'm, I'm very heartened by, by you saying that because I, I, I hope I've, well, I hope, I hope you and, and other people have enjoyed the book. And um, well, I'm, I'm very grateful. <laughs> What a lovely man. You know, he's so full of 
wit and humour and kindness and warmth. But actually as well, what the thing I love about him and I loved about that chat is that he's also really good at being really honest and vulnerable and there is a really gentle side to him and a reflective side to him. And I'm really pleased he sort of showed that to us because I think he in in his work and his writing and his stand-up is always trying to show that it is complicated being a person on planet earth and that can mean an lgbtq plus person or it can mean anything or it can mean anything else so um what a lovely chat what a lovely man thank you so much for listening everybody please let us know what you think of it hello at homo sapienspodcast.com get in touch on instagram at homo sapiens rate and subscribe on apple Podcasts. if you want to win a t-shirt a homo sapiens t-shirt go and review us on apple Podcasts, and we will pick review of the week in our homo sapiens extras episodes and if you want to buy a t-shirt or a homo sapiens sweatshirt go to everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens it's been a lovely lovely interview a lovely chat with tom allen and thank you all for listening see you next week hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.